is it? Welcome to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today, our guest is John Hauser. John Hauser is a touring comedian who is from Grand Rapids, Michigan. He lives in the beautiful South Side. Uh, he has uh, been producing and continues to produce shows at American Legion Halls around the state of Michigan. We're going to talk to him today about the good, the bad, and the funny. Uh, do you guys remember back in the 90s on Microsoft Word, that really helpful little paperclip assistant guy? Oh. <laughs> uh, Clippy, right? Yeah, Clippy, exactly. For those of you who don't know, uh, back in the 90s, if you got, uh, got on Microsoft Word, you could literally just be staring at a blank canvas, type one letter, and I would come this paperclip on a bicycle and be like, Hey there, John, looks like you're trying to write a resume. Would you like some help? Like, Hell yeah, Clippy. <laughs> Just, yeah, fill that out. You can go to my orientation. Take my first two weeks. I don't really feel like starting work right now anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Hauser, we are so happy to have you on the show. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, John. Well, thank you so much, guys. It's uh, I'm absolutely uh, excited to be here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me. You betcha. Now, uh, John, uh, I am... Uh, a veteran of uh, a couple of different uh, shows that you produced one out in Allendale at uh, main street, I think was uh, the first time I was on a show that you uh, produced. Was that the name of the, the place out there? It was the main street pub. Yeah. Main street pub, uh, kind of over by uh, grand Valley state university. And it was a frigid, cold snow stacked up in the parking lot night. Um, I want yes. to say it was like a Tuesday or I don't remember. Uh, I believe it was, if I remember, that was, a, I want to say Wednesday show, but I could be wrong Wednesday about that. Show. We don't do it anymore, obviously. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah, it was, it was it, it, because, not not directly because of you, but you know, uh, <laughs> the, the blame is shared by many of us. So sure, you're not without sure. blame either. Sure. Uh, but I do remember the night you're talking about. I believe it was some sort of blizzard warning or something. Yeah. Uh, which the most remarkable thing for me was that as bad as the weather was, and again, thank you so much for braving the elements, but there was only one drop from the entire right. lineup. Right. <laughs> yeah, which was astonishing because you can, I mean, you can, if you've ever produced a show, especially when it's an open mic and there's not really any incentive other than one free drink, I mean, it could be a 75 degree day with the wind at your back uh, driving and people be like, eh, I don't want to make the trip. So yeah. <laughs> it was crazy that we, under those conditions, as bad as it was, not only did all the comics show up, but the crowd was actually, I think, not that bad either. It was it was fairly, fairly full. But yeah, yeah. that was a fun room for a little while. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, really made some good friends uh, there, the people that I had not run into at shows before. And uh, really just it kind of expanded some of the people I, I got to know here in Grand Rapids. And uh, uh, no, I, I thought you uh, did a great job. And then... Um, for those of you who uh, noted uh, that uh, John produces American Legion Hall shows, um, John actually hired Clean Comedy Time for a show. And um, previous guests, uh, Sherry Savage. Jay Hunter was on that show, too, right? Yeah. Yes, Jay. Yeah, he's yeah, both both of which are, are wonderful. Uh, yeah. And the show overall, uh, all of you guys, uh, you yeah. two included, uh, it was it was a, it was a great show. And. John uh, participated along with Jay Hunter at a uh, Clean Comedy Time open mic that we had at M89. 
That's right. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So uh, we have a long and storied uh, history together. Absolutely. Uh, and, so. and Brian, I don't know if you know this, but John oh. and I and Sherry Savage, the three of us were uh, comedy writing partners for, boy, probably what, John, three or four months? At, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I would say uh, for the for the better part of four months, and uh, yeah. we were we were meeting every two weeks. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, clear up until like March of this year, something happened, and it uh, kind of threw a wrinkle into that. There was, yeah, I don't, yeah, something went weird this year. I don't know. It was, uh, so, but but that was it was it was a wonderful. Uh, it was for a while. It was very productive. I thought, and yeah, I loved working with Aaron and Sherry. Uh, I thought the three of us really uh, were able to come up with some good ideas together. I, I got to ask now uh, for your writing process. Uh, we I think we just got a little insight into how you go about writing. Has Clippy been instrumental in your writing process? Uh, he's been a hell of a life coach, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, as you, you, you kind of alluded to, uh, with a lot of my material, the writing process is is trying to think about experiences in my life uh, and how to to portray them or how to accurately, you know, uh, retell them in a way that's as humiliating uh, for me as possible oftentimes because uh, that's what gets the laugh, you know? Uh, so um, I just happen to have a lot of experiences in my life as a 42 year old single man who's never been married with no kids that aren't that hard to make sound very humiliating. So it, it, it lends itself to be an easy uh, self-fulfilling process, which are two things that I, I'm a big fan of. And we got a little insight into that uh, as well. When you, uh, when you took your, uh, act uh, to Match.com. Well, he's at Match.com now. You know, I went on there and, and I created a profile. You know, I spent all the time putting the, the background pictures and building my bio and making it sound really clever and everything. And then I got that all ready. So then I went shopping or, you know, whatever they call it. <laughs> so yeah, so I go shopping and I see this profile, I find this profile, this very attractive woman that, that seems to have a lot in common, and uh, at that point, you, you know, you go and you have to send that first message, which is very difficult to do, you know, you gotta think of something clever to say without being creepy, and you gotta be a little creative and different, right, you gotta stand out. Uh, and so I'm just kind of staring at this blank little, you know, message screen with this blinking cursor, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Clippy on his little bicycle. <laughs> it's great, right? I'm like, oh my god, he's like, hey there, John. <laughs> Looks like you're trying to lie to a woman. Would you like some help? <laughs> I love the clippy uh, line of thought anyway, but uh, for me, this whole bit going from clippy and then taking him to match.com, it's, it's not even the words that are so funny. It's you get so excited. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and to me, that's the part it's that's your delivery of, of that takes it to uh, a level that makes it uh, truly brilliant comedy. Um, oh. You you got the universalism as we all uh, remember Clippy from Windows ninety eight, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we remember Clippy. Uh, I mean, you, you said you're forty two years old. Yep, you're yes. you're right in the sweet spot of of you know you were uh, you know college age, getting out of high school when uh, you're using Word there, and yeah, and uh, uh, and everybody in the rooms, I'm like, oh yeah, we're right there with you. Uh, so I, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, well, first of all, thank you so much for the for the kind words. Uh, I think I think brilliant is a stretch. Uh, I think that's, that does a disservice oh, oh, okay. to all of us if that's what what brilliant is in comedy at this point. Uh, but but thank you. No, I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, as far as the excitement, um, it's honestly one of the things I've had to learn when it comes to actually performing is to to make sure I don't get too excited and get too fast and just, I mean, I'll get out of control because part of it is I'm just genuinely enjoying myself. No matter how many times I tell these stories, once I have the chance to share it with someone, it certainly doesn't hurt if they're laughing, but pretty much whether that happens or not, I just, I have so much fun doing it that I just get excited. I get really excited about it. But, um, in this particular story with Clippy, yeah. Um, it, it was it was just it's something I get really excited about because, as I said, so many times in life, uh, things tend to fall on the side of not working out in my favor. So when, you know, something pops out that actually benefits me, yeah, I tend to really just, you know, I want to ride that hard as long as I can. Uh, so like, uh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, the whole Clippy situation, I just, yeah, I'm very excited to see, oh, my God, I got a wing band for a change. <laughs> this, this could work out. Uh, it didn't. Uh, but you know, for a minute there was hope and I got very excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hope springs eternal in the heart of John Hauser. It does. Yes. It's, uh, every time it's, it's like being a lions fan. It doesn't matter how often you get hurt. Every Thanksgiving you believe they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like it's just, I don't think I've ever heard anybody, uh, relate dating to being a lions fan. Are you Uh, kidding me? It's the most, it's the most sports analogy for being in an abusive relationship I can possibly think of. Like, I mean, I can't like trying to describe yourself as a, when I go on the road and people are like, why are lions fans the thing? I'm like, well, imagine it's like when you're talking to your friend and trying to convince them to break up with their significant other because it's not a good thing for them. Like, no, you don't know them. You don't see us when we're alone together. Like, they treat me well for a while. They always, you know. So it sounds like it's not really uh, related to dating. It's related to domestic abuse. Well, I mean, uh, if you live in the state of Michigan, yeah, it's considered domestic abuse to be a Lions fan. Uh, you know, it's, but no, I mean, it's it's uh, it's astonishing how many times they can burn you and you still, the minute they do something nice, you fall right back in love with them again. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's short memories, I guess, is what it is. With the pandemic and everything, like it should, like people always used to make the argument, it's like, well, the the ownership will never change the philosophy because the fans still show up. And I'm like, I don't think that's it. And obviously, no. that wasn't it because there's no fans, <laughs> and they're still just like, yeah, mediocrity is enough. Give them another year, that's yeah. fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> now. I know that uh, you have been around at a couple of the shows around town. Uh, I I went over to um, the River North and bumped into you there mm-hmm. uh, this summer. Uh, just you know, I was kind of checking it out to see what the show was like, and I know you were doing that. Have you been trying to get out to some shows? Uh, how have you been spending your time? What are you doing? Well, up until uh, you, you mentioned, you know, uh, where we're at kind of chronologically, um, up until just recently when starting tonight at midnight, everything's locking down in Michigan again for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was trying to get out to shows like what you mentioned at River North Public House. Um, they were doing another one on uh, every other Tuesday at uh, Rocky's Bar and Grill, mm-hmm. uh, not too far from there. Um, and it, yeah, so I'd been trying to get out to some local things. I'd also, I had, uh, you mentioned that I produce uh, shows at American Legion Rooms. I do also 
sometimes perform at those shows as well. So I was supposed to have, I was going to be headlining at the VFW Hall in Holland, Michigan, um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Oh, sure. uh, but unfortunately, with the recent lockdown, which, you know, however you feel about it, uh, I, you know, you, you can't have a show after after. Uh, the lockdown so that that got uh, canceled slash postponed so right now um i'm trying to really plan uh more things for probably february and and that on just just to be safe and then Mm -hmm. if if we are able to to open some things back up between now and then i'll probably try to do some more local shows or shows kind of in the upper midwest that uh you know tend to get booked you know two or three weeks ahead of time but for the more long term, I am trying to plan uh, a bit more of a "quote unquote" tour through like uh, the Southeast, uh, Myrtle Beach, and then Tampa, then maybe over to Vegas and Denver, and then you know something along the way. Um, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, but it, you know, with with everything that just happened, um, I'm pretty much now just trying to write and do some of my other stuff, update some some new video clips that I can hopefully get on the website and other other things like that. And do wonderful podcasts like this, of course. Oh, of course. Yes, thank you, sir. Uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, you and Aaron and Sherry Savage were doing some writing together. When when you sit down to write, um, what what works well for you? What's uh, I mean, you're exposed to things, you uh, see things, experience things. Uh, are you picking topics uh, out of a hat? What what works well for you? Yeah, uh, well, uh, first as to what we were kind of doing when I was working with uh, Aaron and Sherry, which which I thought was very effective, um, was we would uh, essentially each bring a concept or just something that – like, which uh, was the way that I kind of like to write anyway uh, – if I have a, a funny idea or if, if I'm reminded of a story in my life where I'm like, Oh yeah, that was kind of odd. I might just jot down, Oh, the time we had to change hotel rooms because I destroyed the toilet like that. I'll just write that down. <laughs> right. And then- <laughs> and that's a universalism. Everybody's yeah, been well, there. I mean, you know, you think there might be some comedy there. Uh, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I just realized though, that I have checked into a, a couple of different hotel rooms around the country that you must have just been there. Yeah, well, I mean, it was I was 15 and to have maintenance just look at you and go, "Yeah, it's a good thing you haven't unpacked yet cuz we're just going to put you in a different room. This is not yeah. this is not a problem that's going to be solved soon or easily." Yeah. Uh, but you know, you take what, what what Aaron and Sherry and I were doing was we were just bringing a concept and then, you know, uh take turns and and I would just kind of offer that up and and say, "Hey, what what kind of um tags or you know just uh jokes would if i threw this concept out what kind of jokes would you make like you guys already just kind of did and just hearing the premise there uh and you know and we were just kind of share time and it was very uh collaborative uh in that hey if it's your premise we're working on doesn't matter who comes up with what it's it's yours to go and run with uh and vice versa so it was very collaborative and but it was also really nice for the creative process uh in that it just allows you to kind of almost like a brainstorming session just to get a fresh new idea and then kind of run with it and then the other thing that we did which i particularly enjoyed was um kind of holding ourselves accountable was whatever we came up with uh, you know, uh, during our meeting together, then refine that. We each committed to refining that and taking it on stage sometime. Like I said, we met every two weeks. So sometime, hopefully between the next time we met. So 
between the creative process of taking a concept and then just kind of seeing what you can develop that into and then the accountability. I particularly like that working with Aaron mm-hmm. and, and Sherry and, and they, you know, I thought were very good at that as well. So we kind of each, you know, motivated each other, but that that's kind of my style anyway. Like I said, I, you know, I'll, if I think of a concept that whether it's just something I, I'm hanging out with my roommate or some other friends, other comedians, and and just something funny seems to come up. I'm like, ooh, that might be a funny concept. Or if I'm just telling a story in a similar setting uh, where I'm like, uh, you know, hey, there might be some comedy to be mined out of that. I'll jot it down. And then when I decide I really want to get some productive writing in, I'll just kind of – flip through that list and pick out and say, here's the one I want to work on today. And, you know, and then uh, hopefully you get an opportunity to take it on stage. And oftentimes taking it on stage is when I'll come up with some of the funniest parts as well. Um, So it's, you know, it's a multi-stage process, I guess. Question that kind of popped in my head as you were describing this. Um, Is there a, a bit, you don't have to necessarily perform it here, you know, but, but describe, um, what's a takeaway or something memorable that came out of one of those sessions that you're like, Oh yeah, because I did that session, I wrote this, which became that. Uh, I I remember one in particular, actually, uh, and Aaron, you might remember this. I brought the concept I brought was that um, I had watched gone back and, and this was again before the pandemic, but it just so happened that I had gone back and watched some old movies. I was a fan of like Indiana Jones and star Wars and things. And even though I'd, you know, seen these many, many times, it's been a while since I really just sat down and paid attention. It wasn't just on in the background or something while I was cooking. And I started to notice things. I'm like, wait a minute, that's, that's odd. Like a time when, you know, like, uh, the good guy would grab the Nazi bad guy right before he's about to kill him and be like, say hello to Hitler for me. I'm like, why is Hitler <laughs> expecting to hear from you? You're the good guy. Like, why are you guys, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, is he like, oh, this is nice that he is, he is saying hello. You tell him I say hello as well. Like, what? And I brought that concept and they gave me some great tags. And yeah, I absolutely uh, used that. And then I added on to it. And then what happened was it just, this was, as Aaron mentioned, was right before the pandemic started. And it just ended up being fortunate because then we all got locked down for six months. And now you, you mentioned before, one of the things that, that's nice about the Clippy and the Mash.com bit is, you know, it is relatable. And that's something I think we all try to search for with bits is to get them to be relatable. Um is that now that we've all been locked down for six months, we're all going back and kind of watching old movies and binging and Netflixing and this and that. So kind of the core concepts that they helped me write with, with some of that bit that I mentioned. Now I have all kinds of like star Wars and, and other, you know, Netflix and movie jokes that I've, that I feel like the few times I have taken out, uh, have become very relatable because that's what everybody's doing during the pandemic. So, uh, I didn't know it was going to work out that way with that bit, but they absolutely, yeah, they, they helped me really build a nice foundation that now, you know, it's, is something, one of my newer bits that I love doing. That's awesome. We all miss the, the live interaction and, uh, you in particular, uh, maybe I I think we have a, a story about that. Well, I say that I don't know how to lie to women. That's, I mean, that's a joke, but it's, but it's kind of true. And, but I don't mean it in a nefarious way, right? Like, I would never lie to a woman to try to take advantage of her or be dishonest or anything like that. And that's not what I'm advocating. What I mean is that in a first encounter, 
I don't have the ability not to just tell the truth about things that really don't need to be offered up. You know what I mean? After the show, there was a, a table of women that um, uh, they, they were like, oh, hey, our single friend's going to be joining us later. They were there for the show and like, you were hilarious and she loves funny guys. We're going to set you up. It'll be great. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so finally she comes down and she's like, hi, um, my friends at the bar were just telling me that there was a comedy show tonight and you were the headliner and you were very funny. I just want you to know that I think a funny man is very sexy. <laughs> I also think a dangerous man is sexy. You know, I see now that you've got some stitches on your head. Which I did. I had like six stitches right across my forehead, right? You're, you're dangerous. You're a funny, dangerous man. <laughs> you're in a bar fight at a comedy show. <laughs> I was like, no, I... Stood up off the toilet too quickly and uh, <laughs> got a little too lightheaded and just went right down, hit my head on the sink, you know. <laughs> yeah. Lying there on the floor, bleeding all over the place, unconscious. I tell you, if my mom had to come down to do some laundry at that very moment, I might have died. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta stand up slowly. Yes, that's uh, right. <laughs> I also learned that if you don't stretch properly before, that you can oh. pull a muscle pretty badly just trying to wipe. Wiping injuries—that's a whole, whole another level there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you haven't really experienced pain until you actually uh, throw out your shoulder. Uh, oh. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I did that just the other day. Well, you know uh, then. Yeah, pretty badly, actually. I, it, it really, like, I was incapacitated for about, uh, probably for about a day and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I, I got the milk out of the fridge too fast. Okay. It was, oh, I thought it was going to be from wiping, which is yeah. how I threw out my shoulder. No, but. no, no. I thought it was like, you know, only a quarter full. It was a half. I should have stretched. Oh. I know better. Oh, uh, yeah. You about know, a month I, and a half ago, I sneezed and put myself in the ER. <laughs> oh, nice. That's, uh, that's great. That's wow. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, check out my other podcast as well. It's called A Quick Chat with the Unemployed Alcoholic. In that podcast, uh, we take a deep dive into who people are, what's going well in their lives, and what they're struggling with. I know I'm always amazed at how deep those conversations go and how much I learn about other people and even about myself through just a quick chat. Find it everywhere by searching A Quick Chat with the Unemployed Alcoholic. John, thank you so much uh, for sharing in the first half there, and welcome back. Uh, what is one thing that's uh, going well in your life right now, John? Well, uh, I've gotten really good at uh, Call of Duty and Fallout uh, <laughs> on PlayStation recently. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, obviously life has changed for a lot of us, um, but I, I've been fortunate. I mean, we've all, as comedians, have lost a lot of gigs and a lot of opportunities. 
but I've been fortunate that uh, I also do some work as a, as a grocery delivery shopper. So that's something that I've been able to at least uh, continue to have available. So, you know, I, I know I'm fortunate in that regard that I have a little bit of a backup plan because most people uh, as comedians, they also work in the service industry and that's something that's, uh, that's been very difficult as well. So uh, well, thank you for your service, honestly. Well, I mean, <laughs> Believe me, I'd much rather uh, be, be bringing the laughter, but I'm happy to, to bring the, the eggs and bread and milk, uh, you know, for now. Uh, <laughs> you got people making French toast? Nice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and of course, turkeys. Turkeys all day uh, right now. Yeah. Just, just massive turkeys. Massive, massive turkeys. Uh, getting my guns are, are just out of control. I'm going to have to get all new t-shirts for Christmas. Now, from the turkeys, does it look like uh, people are staying under the... Uh, what is it? You can have three and a half people for Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell because quite honestly, some people just their family, there's like nine of them in one house, you know, uh, where I deliver. I mean, there's just bigger families, but, uh, I, I mean, I'll say this, I'm encouraged at least by what I see in public. Uh, I see much fewer instances of people, you know, uh, going without masks. People are, there's a, there's much more uh, mask wearing, much more social distancing. I think people just overall are starting to have a better, at least understanding of, Hey, whether I like it or not, this is the situation we're in and we all need to work together. So, yeah, I would, I would uh, agree with that assessment. Yeah. It seems like, uh, people are, are conforming a little bit more than yeah, and, they were originally. Yeah. And, and you know, conforming doesn't necessarily mean in a bad way. It's more, it's, I, I, I tend to see it more, uh, and this is probably what you meant as well. Um, as, as people are just starting to realize, look at the end of the day, if we can work together, it'll get better for everyone. Being so, a good citizen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, I think most people certainly in, in this area, but around the country, I mean, they do care for their, their, uh, neighbors around them. And, uh, you know, when, when it gets down to it, they're, they're willing to do the little things to, to work together, but you know, so that's been going well. Um, and, and then, you know, I have, uh, had the opportunity to do some things that I've kind of always wanted to do, but hadn't really focused on yet. Um, I've had some voice auditions for some, uh, for some voiceover work for like, uh, animated, um, shows and different character work and things like that, which is, yeah. That's, Are that's you going to be a cartoon? Well, I mean, it's it's just at this point, it's just submitting. You know, a lot of people are submitting. There's there's really nothing solid, but a, but it would be a cartoon voice, yes. Uh, uh, in, in in my opinion, that's the top wrong. In, in fact, oh, yeah. I I just interviewed somebody uh, in in another podcast, and he just recently became a cartoon. And and uh, you know, I I have a new thing on my bucket list. I, mm-hmm. I want to someday be a cartoon. Oh yeah, that's that's always been a dream. I mean, uh, being a stand-up comedian has been a lifelong dream. But uh, as part of that, I've always you know dreamt that that would give me the opportunity. You know, I grew up as a as a Simpsons kid. I'm still a, a massive Simpsons fan. Um, and so you know, one of my dreams was always to to be able to voice a character on The Simpsons or just to you know, to do something uh, or Futurama or you know any of those things. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's always been a huge dream. So. You know, it's it's uh, it's a shot in the dark kind of thing, but I probably never would have expected to even have the opportunity to do an actual voice audition. And it, you know, since I've been locked at home uh, a little bit uh, more recently, you know, I can get the laptop out and just just mess around for two or three hours doing different voices and and uh, just finding some stuff I like. 
And then, uh, you know, it gives me the opportunity to write a little more and forces me to be a little more active, although I still need to do more as far as social media. Uh, and, and I've taken some time to go back and search through some old videos that I hadn't really uh, gone through and edited out yet. Um, so um, there are some things that uh, having more free time while I'd rather be out on the road and performing, it, there are a lot of other things that go into to trying to be a successful comedian that I've at least been kind of forcing myself to do a bit more of. Yeah, well, two things that you said there that uh, I think are just so important during this time of lockdown, like you were talking about. You know, one, you said that, uh, well, the opportunities to go out and perform might not be there. You're still able to add value to the people around you uh, through the grocery delivery gig that you got going. Uh, Yeah, and I mean... and it's uh there is a bit of that more than anything i mean just for me it's i i realize that just having the opportunity to have an excuse to go out and and uh you know the fact that i make money at it is nice but so many people are are still cooped up and just don't have any normalcy or sense of normalcy in their daily routine and you know i still get to go in the grocery store and it just it, it's a little bit of normalcy in a time that most people don't get and even that alone you know it's it, I realized that after going out for a few hours, when I get home, it's like, man, I feel so much better just because I got out for a little while. And a lot of people can't do that right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I, I think that's true. It's the financial piece is certainly part of it, but uh, the other piece, like, like you said, just, just having, uh, just contributing, you know, just having that normalcy of, of knowing that you're interacting with people and, and adding some value there. I think that's uh, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And there's, you know, where I live, uh, certainly it's, it's, it's not a small town, uh, by any stretch, but the, you know, the local grocery store still has that, that feel of if you're in there four hours a day, you're going to see a lot of the same. Yeah. So you're recognizing people, you're saying hello. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, that's great. And then, and then the other thing that you said, how you still are able to find, uh, that creative outlet, you know, it might not be, uh, the same things that you were doing before, uh, but you're writing more and you're uh, finding some voice opera, uh, voiceover opportunities and things like that. So you're still finding a way to add value and you're still finding that way to express yourself creative, creatively. That's that's awesome. I, yeah. I, I applaud you for that, sir. Well, and, 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 and you know, and thank you. I appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I'll be the first to admit that uh, I'm still not doing nearly as much uh, given the amount of free time that I have. Uh, my product level should be much higher. You know, it's still, I've made incremental uh, uh, improvements at best, but um, just the sheer fact that, you know, I mean, and, and as you guys probably know, once, particularly once you get something that starts to go well for you, if it's something that you're passionate about, whether it's, you know, getting more stage time or producing a successful podcast like you're doing here, uh, when that starts to go well for you, you can just get very narrowly focused, albeit for good reasons, because it's, you're, you're being successful at it, but you can become very narrowly focused on that and kind of forget, Hey, I also wanted to try this along the way, or I wanted to, you know, maybe see if there might be an opportunity for me to, to, to shake this branch. Um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing again, to be that narrowly focused, but when you're presented with more free time, more opportunity and and like uh, you mentioned you know well uh, the stage time is just not an option so you have no more excuses than to try to fill that 
that opportunity with something new. So uh, there's a bit of it about, you know, is being backed into a situation where, hey, this is all I, the only other option I have. But the other part is, yeah, taking the opportunity of some of the free time, you know, just to force yourself to be more productive as well. Uh, but definitely, I, I, I could be doing more and I probably should be doing more. Well, and, and John, I'd, I'd encourage you to not beat yourself up too bad if uh, things move at a slower slower pace as you're stepping into some newer things. Sure. The fact is it, it takes more out of us uh, to do something new versus do something that we're already in the groove uh, for. And it's it's exhausting. So don't look back and, and think, man, I, I wish I would have done this. I wish I w- would have done more here or there. Um, just just grasp a hold of some of those victories and and be okay with that yeah well yeah and i appreciate it and, and like i said it's you know it's uh i it's i try to hold myself accountable uh more than anything just to uh if you know if i'm going to complain that hey you know i don't have this gig at the end of the month anymore well instead of complaining say well what else can i do at that time to maybe uh try an opportunity or just quite frankly do the work now so that you won't be having that same complaint three months from now because you didn't worry about booking any gigs when things did get back to normal Good stuff, John. I'm glad to hear those things that, that are going well in your life right now. Uh, what uh, on the flip side of that coin? What's uh, what's something you're struggling with? Well, um, I would say that you know the biggest struggle is um, kind of just the last bit of what I mentioned uh, previously is um, remembering that hey, even if if the stage time isn't isn't happening because you know it's all about the routine and. You're used when you're used to performing on weekends, uh, you know, traveling or being out of town at certain days of the week. Uh, even if you're reg- used to doing regular open mics, like every Wednesday night I go and do this, you kind of also get into a routine with the other, um, aspects of comedy, which is the, hey, Monday is my administration day. On Monday, I send out my emails. On Monday, I follow up with, uh, producers and venues and booking agents that I just worked with the previous uh, weekend. Um, And then Tuesday, you know, I edit my video that I took from the, so when you're not taking the trips anymore and you don't have the stage time, you also can kind of get yourself out of the routine of, well, I don't have to do that on Monday because I literally have all week. I have nothing to do all weekend. So my biggest struggle has just been even now that I have more free time is remembering, Hey, just cause I don't have these, these normal routines and these normal deadlines, I still should every Monday be trying to do some of these same administrative things, planning for when we eventually can get out of this, hopefully, you know, end of the winter, early spring so that, uh, you know, I'm not lamenting being not busy when, when things do kick up again. So that's really, it's, it's, it's a struggle to, to kind of maintain a routine when you don't have that routine anymore, I guess. Sounds like you're optimistic about things getting back to kind of a normal. I think you have to be, you know, um, it's, I I think my general outlook at life tends to take that attitude, but at the same time, I was, I was a Boy Scout for many years, you know, and, uh, I've had a lot of, uh, jobs and careers in the past where the general philosophy of hope for the best plan for the, for the worst, um, kind of takes, uh, center stage, but, but certainly with comedy, you know, I don't, I, I don't think it does any good to just assume that, um, 
things are going to get uh, you know worse before they get better. Because the way I look at it is, hey, if I if I can book some gigs, for example, in February uh, and kind of set that that um, trip up that I wanted, um, and then things don't go as well as we want, and and those gigs end up not happening, worst case scenario, I've already made the contacts, I've already convinced the venues or the producers or the booking agents to book me. So at the end of the day, the worst I've done is, is made those connections I wanted to make. And Hey, if it just all gets pushed back, I, I want to make those connections and I want to have that trip at some point. Yeah. You're, you're in line then, you know, and, and you've got things, you've got the dominoes set up to where once you can knock over the first one, uh, they're, they're all going to go. Yeah. And, 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 you know, on the flip side of that, if I assume that it's not worth trying to book those, I mean, worst case scenario, I, I try to book these, you know, try to put this trip together and maybe the, the producers or the booking agents get back and say, Hey, what are you crazy? There's no way that we're ever going to be back to, you know, the before June, why you're not for even contact me. I mean, chances are slim that that's going to happen, but at the very least and be like, okay, well, uh, then I'll get back to you in June, <laughs> you know, but th- you know, that's probably not going to happen more than likely. Uh, they're, they're feeling the same way. I mean, I've produced shows. I, I don't think uh, I have a unique outlook on it that if I had, uh, you know, uh, definite uh, rooms I needed to fill in February or March, I'd be trying to book them right now, assuming that was going to happen. And if they don't, you know, we'll go from there. Um, and, and even with some of those uh, American Legion rooms, that's kind of how I'm approaching that as well, is that I'm talking with different venues and, and different sponsors to say, Hey, let's plan. Like we can come out of this, you know, in the late winter, or early spring. And if we have to push things back further, well, then we'll just have even more anticipation for it. <laughs> you know, the way I would sum it up is I, it was in one of the Marvel, it was Nick Fury. He's like, at this point, uh, I plan to go on assuming the world is going to continue to keep spinning until it doesn't, <laughs> you know, if it doesn't, yeah. well, then fine, we'll worry about it then. But right now it's still spinning. I plan on, you know, continuing under that assumption that it's going to, it's going to keep doing that. Well, and that's, and that's good. Cause if, if, uh, if our confidence gets rocked a couple times and, and uh, uh, we, we start acting timid, then that puts us in a position of uh, vulnerability. John, I, I just want to take you back to something you said earlier that caught my attention is uh, you, you got a lot of this uh, um, persistence and planning and so on from being a Boy Scout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, admittedly, I did not make it all the way to Eagle Scout. Um, that was a that was a tradition on my father's side of the family between his two brothers and all of my other cousins that I was the only one that wasn't able to fulfill um, the only non Eagle Scout. But um, I was in the program for a while and uh, which I enjoyed. Uh, and but that's, you know, one of the things they teach you is to be prepared and uh, to no matter what the situation is, try to find uh you know, the positive aspect or try to, uh, be prepared to, um, you know, move forward no matter whether it goes according to plan or not. Well, this makes so much more sense now. I got kicked out of the Cub Scouts. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, yeah, like I said, I didn't finish, but I will say I, you know, I, I left voluntarily. I was getting heavily involved in sports and, and things like that, but, um, it's not just the Boy Scouts either. I also, before I got into comedy, I worked for many years as a, as a regional manager for a, for a franchise restaurant. I never thought I would have to know what a wine enema party is, but, um, (laughs) 
<laughs> I do now. So that's uh, and and you learned that in the Boy Scouts or the restaurant thing. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me let me clarify because I, <laughs> I realize now that could be in. Aaron, as straightforwardly as possible, the motto of the Boy Scouts is "Be prepared." <laughs> yes, exactly. You never know when you might have to open a bottle of wine. John, if somebody wanted to find John Hauser to hire him for a show or to follow up on something, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Sure. Uh, well, I would just say the, the best way is uh, to go to johnhausercomedy.com. Um, it's in my name uh, now. Uh, it's J-O-N. There's no H in my first name. That's by far the most confusing thing for people. I don't know why it blows so many Starbucks baristas' minds, but it does. <laughs> uh, and then Hauser is just H-O-U-S-E-R. It's house with an, eight, uh, an R at the end. Sorry, I made that confusing. JohnHauserComedy.com. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, uh, so that, that has, uh, any upcoming dates for me. It also has an email feature. If you send an email to that, it goes directly to me. Uh, if you want to hire me, there's also some information, uh, about some of the American Legion shows that, uh, we hope to get back to doing, as I mentioned. And, uh, there's also information how you can sp- uh, contact me if you would like to be a sponsor of any of those shows, because all of those shows that we do for the American Legion, as you guys know, 100% of the proceeds go uh, to benefit the veterans. Uh, most of the time going to their general building fund, which pays the rent, gives these veterans uh, some really nice facilities uh, to go in uh, uh, when we do hopefully get back to normal to be able to uh, to experience, uh, you know, to relax a little bit. And, and that's the thing about the shows that I love so much is the veterans, they, they were coming out of, of all ages, even younger people, uh, and just saying, you know, I, I don't get out much socially. And this is one of the few places I can feel a little more comfortable and being able to come out for comedy is such a good stress reliever for them in a situation. They normally don't get that opportunity. So you can do all of that by going to the website, johnhausercomedy.com is the best way. Thank you, John. Wonderful having you on the show. We're so thankful that we got to work with you, uh, at one of those uh, American Legion shows and the other opportunities we've had with you. And I got to say to that event in particular, thank you guys so much. Uh, I don't remember the exact amount that we raised, but I know it was one of the more successful fundraising events they've had uh, at that particular uh, location. So again, thank you guys so much for, for coming in and helping us raise money for a great cause for, for the veterans here in the West Michigan area. For sure. It was our pleasure. We love to jump in and and help people raise money, especially if we can do it well, helping people laugh. And you did. Everybody had a wonderful time. They really did. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from course language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 